A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. Therefore the days will come, says the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but rather, as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of the house of Israel up from the land of the north. And from all the lands to which I banished them, they shall again live on their own land. The word of the Lord. Justice shall flourish in his time, and fullness of peace forever. O God, with your, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. For he, shall cry, for he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous deeds, and blessed forever be his glorious name. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matthäum. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, 
yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention. And behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus. Verbum Domini. In today's gospel, we hear the account of the conception of our Lord from St. Matthew. St. Luke gives us the perspective of Our Lady, while St. Matthew gives us the perspective of St. Joseph during this time. St. Matthew tells us that it was while they were betrothed that St. Joseph found out that Our Lady was with child. And we know that he had made the decision to separate from her and that he was a just and righteous man and did not want to put her to shame. And some have proposed a theory that Joseph thought that Mary had been unfaithful when he discovered that she was pregnant. He may then have sought to divorce her quietly because he didn't want to put her to shame. And he also knew that the law mandated capital punishment for such an offense. But there's also another theory that when St. Joseph found out about the miracle which had taken place, that is the virginal conception, that he felt that he was unworthy and he was even fearful to carry out such a great role that God had planned for him. We can think of David in 2 Samuel chapter 6, who had a reverential fear of God's presence, especially with regard to the Ark of the Covenant. David would say, how can the Ark of the Lord come to me? And we hear that David was not willing to take the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Rather, we're told that he sent the Ark away for three months before eventually bringing it back. And similar to David, this can be seen as an interior trial that Joseph was going through in the presence of a holy mystery before him, which required trust in God's providence. And then we're told the angel appeared to him in the midst of this great interior trial that he was going through saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. So the angel is reassuring him to set aside his fears that he may have had and to embrace God's plan for his life, this vocation that God was calling him to, that is to be the foster father of the Lord and to be the head of the Holy Family. Now, this is how St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who is a doctor of the church, how he explained this interior trial that St. Joseph was going through. St. Bernard said, Why did he wish to leave her? Listen now no longer to my opinion, but to that of the fathers. Joseph wanted to leave her for the same reason Peter begged the Lord to leave him, 
when he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And for the same reason, the centurion kept him from his house. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Thus Joseph, considering himself unworthy and a sinner, said to himself that a man like him ought not to live under the same roof with a woman so exalted, whose wonderful and superior dignity filled him with awe. He saw with fear and trembling that she bore the surest signs of the divine presence. And since he could not fathom the mystery, he wanted to depart from her. Peter was frightened by the presence of great power. The centurion feared the majesty of the presence. Joseph, too, as a human being, was afraid of the newness of the great miracle, the profundity of the mystery. And so he decided to leave her quietly. Are you surprised that Joseph judged himself unworthy of the pregnant virgin's company? After all, have you not heard that St. Elizabeth, too, could not endure her presence without fear and awe? As she says, whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This, then, is why Joseph decided to leave her. So again, that's from St. Bernard of Clairvaux, a doctor of the church. And he says clearly, he's not passing on his opinion. This is from the fathers of the church. So in light of this interior trial that St. Joseph was enduring, he's an example for us. That in the midst of the trials that we go through, like St. Joseph, we want to follow his example in obeying the command of the angel as, as St. Joseph was seeking to obey the commandment of God. And he saw that working through the angel. St. Joseph obeyed the command of the angel and took Mary into his home, fulfilling God's call and plan. We know that even the greatest of the saints endured trials. And when it came that God's will became known to them, it became clear to them, they sought it with all their hearts. They wanted to conform their will to God's will. They knew that that's where holiness, that's where peace, that's where joy is found in God's holy will and seeking his will in all things. So the example of St. Joseph is set before us today as a model of being righteous and just, of being holy. Now we know that Joseph, when he awoke from his dream, he did what the angel instructed him to do. And we hear that he had no relations with the Blessed Virgin Mary until she bore a son. So it's very important here with this because this, this verse is often misinterpreted and misunderstood that with regard to this, it's important to realize that the Greek word for the use of the word until does not imply that Joseph and Mary had relations after the birth of Christ. So what's being emphasized is the statement that Joseph had no involvement with Mary's pregnancy and that she, in fact, miraculously conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just one brief example to show that in Scripture, the, use, the Greek use of the word until does not necessarily imply a change as we often use the word until today, right? So today one might say, I liked this sports team until they let me down, right? Until maybe some change took place in their coaching staff or the team just fell apart. And now I no longer like them like I used to. That's how we often use the word until. But there are instances in scripture where the same Greek word, heos, is used and it does not imply a change after a certain point. So, for instance, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, St. Paul says, 
till I come. It is until I come, attend to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. So he's simply emphasizing a point. He wants them to read scripture, to preach, and to teach. He's not implying that they should not do that or a change is going to take place after that. He's just saying, before I come, do this. And so it's emphasizing a point. We know that Our Lady's perpetual virginity is something firmly established in sacred tradition. It's been handed down through the ages. And we see Our Lady's perpetual virginity honored as well at Mass in the Roman Canon as we pray the communicantes before the consecration. We pray in communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, right, at every Mass. And this is a gift that God has given her. And her perpetual virginity is a sign of her undivided gift of self to God and to his holy will. And that should inspire us, right, in giving ourselves to the Lord and seeking his will. So as we continue to prepare for celebrating the birth of our Savior just a week from today, we ask the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph that we might always seek God's will and his plan for our lives each and every day.